there, it's Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. This is episode 42, and I'm going to talk about why the holidays can be less than happy and joyous for many of us. I'm so glad that we're walking the path towards healing together. So just a quick reminder, I'm not a clinician, counselor, or physician. I'm a certified trauma and resiliency life coach, a certified trauma support specialist, advocate, and someone with lots of lived experience with trauma. Also, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and not meant to replace treatment by a doctor or any other licensed professional. All right, let's dive in. The holidays mean so many different things to us all. They tend to be a reflection of our personal experiences, religions, memories, habits, and so on. And we're so bombarded today, typically right after Halloween, with all things Christmas. I mean, Thanksgiving gets touched on and then it's pretty quickly bypassed. And these ads that we see show smiling families, warm family gatherings, lots of food, pretty decorations, and it can be overwhelming. But it's driven by that all-encompassing need for sales. Consumerism is alive and well, my friends. The holiday season can be so hard just to get through if you had less than happy memories or experiences of it as a child. Toxic families often just continue on that destructive spiral, and it seems to get even more toxic around the holidays. It's a time where many feel obligated to attend family gatherings, even though they know that unhealthy, often completely toxic and destructive behaviors will be a large part of the menu. So we go, gearing up for the battle we know is coming. We rehearse what to say and what not to say, and we become a captive audience, targets, unfortunately, and can be sitting ducks for all of that holiday nastiness. So my memories of the holidays are really a complicated mixed bag of things. Now, technically, we were well off. I mean, we had nice houses and plenty of food, Our physical needs were met, but all of the other needs, not so much. My mom, even with how sick she always was, pulled out all of the stops for Thanksgiving and Christmas. She wasn't a baker, but she was a damn good cook, and we had lovely meals. Decorating for Christmas was her big thing, and our homes and trees were always lovely. And Santa always brought tons of presents for both me and my sister, everything we wanted. Except for me, my elusive Christmas toy was the game Operation. I asked for it every year and never got it, but I got everything else. If you've ever watched the movie The Santa Claus, where characters Laura Miller and her husband Neil talk about not getting their most wished-for gifts, 
mystery date and an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle, you'll understand. So up until I was about eight years old, no matter where we were living, we always made the trek back to Hutchinson, Kansas, where my parents were both from, every Christmas to spend it at my maternal grandparents' house. And Christmas at the Fitzgerald house was pretty amazing. My uncles, Ed and Jack, my mother's brothers, would all come with their families. And so I got to hang out with all of my cousins. My grandparents had this big old house with what felt like 20 floors. I think it only really had two. And lots of weird little rooms and cupolas with connecting doors. And I loved to explore. And at the Fitzgeralds, we had Christmas on Christmas Eve. The tree was in the front living room, and so on Christmas Eve, my grandmother would close the big double doors to the room, and we all sat outside and waited. We could hear noise on the roof, jingle bells, and the sound of things going on behind those doors. And when they thought the time was right, They'd throw open those doors, and magically, Santa had come. Those were good times. But even there, there were things going on that were too adult for me to understand. So, for example, one Christmas, I think I was five, we were there in the living room opening presents, and I was kneeling on the floor in front of an armchair, opening a present on the seat in front of me. A family member went to step over my legs, and he suddenly fell over me, landing on the floor, shaking violently. His lit cigarette fell on me, burning a hole in my nightgown, and on me. I was horrified that his tripping over my legs had somehow caused his fall and violent shaking. And I didn't learn until much later that he had been an alcoholic for years and had had a seizure at just that moment. There were other things, too, that remained fuzzy in the back of my mind. Not clear enough to remember well, but impressions of other things going wrong. The holiday trips ended when I was eight. My grandmother passed away suddenly, and that started a cascade of events, the sale of the grand old house, my grandfather bouncing around living with each of his three kids, Another story for another day. Christmas with my parents alone was not a good thing. While my mom still worked to make things as wonderful as she could, my parents' relationship was terrible, to say the least. With my dad home from work for the holidays, all they did was fight. And if they weren't screaming at each other, it was passive-aggressive comments, you know, little sniping dialogue and digs at each other back and forth. And then there was the drinking. My dad drank way too much every day and night he was home, and it made him mean. My fondest wish each Christmas was that he wouldn't get drunk and ruin things, but that wish never came true. It wasn't until I was much, much older that I realized that my mom had her own drug and alcohol issues. And holiday dinners were agonizing and often ended in tears, yelling, or my dad falling face down into his dinner plate. The stress and tension were almost like something physical, like a 
heavy, huge weight always weighing on all of us. My little sister Erin was born when I was eight, and she gave me someone to look after. I raised her. I felt protective of her, so keeping her out of harm's way was a focus for me. As I got a little older and learned the truth about Santa, I was able to keep the magic alive with her and through her. Her sudden death in December of 1977 destroyed the magic of Christmas for years for me. But the joy of the holidays returned for me when I became a mom myself. I channeled my mom for the holidays, and recreating that magic for my kids was what brought some of that happiness back for me. My husband and I back in Ohio would take the kids every year to a lovely rural Christmas tree farm where we would trek through deep snow, choose the perfect tree, and cut it down ourselves. I baked cookies. We strung popcorn and cranberries for our tree. I added new elements to our own personal traditions that made me feel good. Then my mom died in 1991, and my dad very quickly remarried. My husband, kids, and I tried to blend in with both his new wife and her family, but it just didn't work. It was extraordinarily painful for me, but I did try. Her daughter, her granddaughter, and her family members were included in everything. We were not, and it just got to the point where I couldn't do it and I wouldn't put my kids through it anymore. I was labeled ungrateful and was viewed as a bad daughter. Now, of course, my kids are long grown, but I still pull out all of the stops for the holidays. It makes both me and my family feel special, and it keeps some of that magic alive. I wouldn't have it any other way, but I had to create my own special traditions. I kept the good pieces of my experiences, then added in other elements of what I wanted too, but it was a long, long, hard process. The point of this is to say that it doesn't matter if they are family or not, if spending the holidays with Anybody, whether they're family or friends, brings you feelings of dread, fear, panic, and triggers you. You absolutely have the right to keep you, your partner, and or your children safe from that. You can say no, and they absolutely will not like it. But preserving your own sanity, mental health, and well-being are number one. We get so tied up in feeling like no matter what, we have a duty as children, sisters, brothers, cousins, aunts, or uncles, whatever the relationship is, to attend holiday family get-togethers. And the truth is, we don't. We can stand up for ourselves. We can create our own new healthy traditions. We get to do that, really. And let me tell you, it saved me and my own family from constant hurt and pain. Just because people gave birth to you or raised you or are related to you 
does not give them the right to hurt you in any way, period. It sounds simple, and I know it's not. But wouldn't it be nice to spend a holiday being happy, at peace, not fighting battles, arguing or feeling attacked, put down or dismissed? You bet it would. You can create a plan of action now, today, on what to say. You could even write a letter, mail it if you want to, a quick call, anything to let them know you are starting your own traditions, your own memories, creating your own peace. I know it feels too big and hard with a heaping helping of guilt, I'm sure. But once you get the words out, no matter how you choose to deliver them, it's done. And it doesn't mean that you are wrong, ungrateful, mean, hateful, or disappointing as a person. They will try and pull out all of the stops, all of the drama, to make you feel that way because that is what has worked for them in the past. Whatever awful tactics they have used before to get you to do what they want, they will try, and then some. This time, however, you don't buy into it. Don't fall into that toxic trap. You created a plan of action, put it into words, and yes, it will feel uncomfortable but you know in your heart of hearts that it's right for you. Then you can make the holiday season into whatever you want it to be. If a holiday meal is you and your jammies watching a favorite movie, then that's what it'll be. Whatever you do that is right for you and yours is exactly perfect. No guilt allowed. Think of how freeing that is. So a quick exercise you can do for yourself is to write your holiday toxic family plan escape. Think about, first of all, who you need to tell your plan to, and then when you need to tell them. Next, how you will tell them. And then think about wording a little bit. Start with an I statement. If you use an I statement, this isn't you placing the blame or pointing a finger at them so they can't get defensive. This is you stating a fact, stating how you feel, and that's it. For example, saying something like, I have decided that this holiday, I or we, will be spending it at my or our home. Or, this year, I have decided we will be spending the holiday with my or our friends, etc. You also don't have to explain any more than that. You are an adult and you have made a decision, period. Then write it out. Make it as simple and straightforward as you can. Filling it up with a lot of excuses and detailed explanations most likely won't help them hear what it is you're saying. People who have toxic traits and tendencies will only hear what they want anyway, and excuses and explanations will only feed into that, unfortunately. So you have a clear plan of action, you know how they'll most likely respond, 
and this is a safety plan for the holidays for you. You can really do this. I have all the faith in the world in you, and I believe in you, and yes, it's hard. It feels weird and uncomfortable, and it's it generates fear and anxiety, but once you set your boundary and lay that groundwork, you are free to do whatever it is you want to do. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And wherever you listen, please keep listening. And like, subscribe, favorite, follow me, and share widely. And what you think really matters to me too. I know I say it all the time, but I really mean it. So comment on the show. Let me know what you think, whatever is on your mind. You can find me on Facebook at Carrie Walker and Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, on Twitter at Carrie Walker 58, my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com, and my YouTube channel, also Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. Look for my new episodes dropping every Monday on all of your favorite podcast, music, and listening apps. Please take extra good care of yourself, and we'll talk soon.